Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to another episode of Five Yard Rush, the flagship show. It is Thursday, it is now 7.34. Apologies, we are a little bit late, and that's because I was talking about my new housing location with today's guest if you are watching on the video show you'll recognize the face joining us today if you're listening on the audio you don't know who it is yet i am joined by well one of the old five yard heroes he's moved on to pastures you knew now he's contributed to dl football dynasty best ball redraft and dfs over at the ff sanctuary uk ffc organizer it's rich cooling everybody welcome back rich how are you my man I'm very good. You have no idea how excited I am to uh, to be back on, to be back on with yourself. It was, uh, yeah, I'm re- representing. Uh, yeah, very excited, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, mate, I was, was like buzzing when Murph suggested when I, well, basically he uh, shoehorned me into a corner and said, two weeks after you come back, I'm on holiday, so you've got to sort it out. <laughs> I was like, well, I, there's only one man I'm going to, and I'm going to ask Rich. And for those listening on audio, Rich is wearing a five-yard T-shirt. You can get them over at the shop. Talking of t-shirts, the winners' t-shirts are still in my possession. I do need to send those out. Apologies for my tardiness on that. If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the bell, like, subscribe to the channel. If you are wanting to support the podcast in any way, you can go over to Patreon and check out our tiers over there. I have got way too excited talking to Rich about where we currently are in the world, and I haven't got my show notes up. So, uh, Rich, before we dive into today's show which is going to be about rookies adp your rankings who you'd rather at certain values and stuff why don't you tell everyone what you've been up to whilst you've been away from the five yard scene yeah so um yeah we we launched the the ff sanctuary um as a youtube channel so myself and and tom stracken or nfl underscore t strack as you probably know him um just a a bit of everything so i've been looking at dynasty tom's obviously the best ball king I'm going to dive into some DFS once we get into the season. And yeah, and then obviously been writing over at DLF, continue doing that. And then have have just put out my rookie guide, um, which I'll be honest, I sort of became a bit of a perfectionist and it it just kept growing and growing and growing and and got bigger than than I could ever believe. So good. Have you, uh, I'm assuming you've had pretty good uptake on that, Rich. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Um, so I don't know the exact numbers. I think it's it's over 500 um, that Oof. we've sold. Um, so, yeah, absolutely blown away by the response, absolutely blown away by um, the, the volume of people that have, have been interested in it. And to be honest, I started it just because I was like, I wonder if I could do this. Um, and, yeah, it, it just kind of went from there. And I released three versions of it and every time i sort of released it i was like oh i could add that i could add that and it, it just became too big and to be honest i spent far too much time on it my wife probably uh thought i was uh i was getting divorced or something because yeah basically it was every, every evening i was sitting away watching film or, or tinkering away on it so yeah but it was it was great fun i've thoroughly enjoyed putting it together 
Oh, well, uh, first of all, I feel like uh, a bit of a fraud as you very kindly sent me an initial copy and I uh, I feel like I should now contribute because you had 500 people, you know, purchase the book. So that is no mean feat in itself. So big congrats there, my friend. You're obviously doing something right. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we, we'll get a bit more into the rookies then. How, obviously, as a Jets fan, you, you had some picks in this year's draft. How do you think the, the draft went for the Jets? Uh, well, not, not as good as last year. Uh, I think that's probably a, a once in a yeah, probably 30, 40 year draft class that we had last year. But yeah, yeah, I think there was there was a lot of hate from a lot of circles with our first round pick. Obviously, went with Will McDonald. I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because everybody sort of believes in these different consensus rankings, and I think that people had him as a fringe first round prospect. But in terms of the role he's going to play with the Jets, he's basically a pure edge rusher who's not uh -huh. going to add anything in the run game. And yeah, maybe, maybe that's a bit of a luxury pick at 15 overall, but I think he's probably, as a pure edge rusher, pass rusher, he's probably the best in the class, if not the second best. It's where, you know, he's not going to contribute in the run game, but I don't think the Jets are going to need him to contribute in the run game at all and just say, right, you know, 20, 30 snaps a, a game, pin your ears back and go and get the quarterback. So yeah, very excited about that. Would would have liked to have seen them address the offensive line a little bit better. We've got Tipperman in the second, which I think he's probably going to sit this year and maybe take over from McGovern next year at centre. But yeah, it's, it's kind of the thing, I think, with the Jets' offensive line this year, you could look at it and talk yourself into it and say, actually, we've got like seven competent starters. This could be a really good thing. But then you look at it and go, well, Dwayne Brown's almost 40. <laughs> hasn't played, has played like, 10 snaps in the last two years. Max Mitchell started off amazing last year as a fifth round rookie and then petered out. Like it's, it's, it's a, you know, you, you've got to tell yourself a story in order to believe that the Jets O-line is going to be competent. I, I, there's not many teams. I don't think that can not tell themselves a story to get a competent O-line. You know, it's, it's one of those things that is, is very volatile and fragile at the same time. So to create a really good one, you either have to pay a load of money veterans already in the league and sacrifice other positions of skill um you know the chiefs have done it they they don't have the tyreek hill now at wide receiver there they have travis kelsey obviously but they've paid their offensive line now and patrick mahomes got sacked half as many times as the next person in the league last year i think so you know you pay your offensive line uh give the best quarterback in the league medium weapons and he'll go and win your super bowl so there's it, it, something maybe to be to be said in that, but Hannah has, has come up to comments, Rich, and she said, uh, "Welcome back, Rich. We all miss you at Five Yards." So the love is definitely there, my friend. And enough about gangrene. We're not here. We're not a Jets <laughs> podcast. For you personally, fantasy rookie wise, how did the draft go? You know, how what were your thoughts on it for the rookies landing spots and stuff like that? I'm assuming you're pretty devastated with some of the places that people landed. Yeah, it was. It, I was coming into this class, obviously the 2023 class got hyped to an obscene level. I think that unfortunately a lot of people looked at the, the kind of the top end of, you know, one of the best running back prospects in the last 15 years and, and a wide receiver that outproduced Chris Olave and, and Garrett Wilson, who were both studs the second they walked into the NFL and then two potential franchise quarterbacks and were like, this is going to be an incredible class and didn't really look at the depth of what the class was going to be. And then the draft came along and it was like, oh, we were talking ourselves into, you know, Zach Charbonnet or Devon Chain or, you know, maybe Sean Tucker, maybe Zach Evans, you know, they could be good if they get a good landing spot. And then it was basically the worst case scenario for <laughs> pretty much every, every prospect. It felt like there was no good landing spots had by anyone on day two. It was absolutely horrendous. So, yeah, I, th I feel confident about probably nine guys in this draft, and that's about it. And then there's yeah. an absolute cliff after those top nine. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's okay, I guess. Yeah, I uh, do. Do you think there's like this perennial fantasy cycle we get ourselves into, where we initially start talking about a draft class, and there's obviously prospects in it we get excited about, so we hype that draft class up, but then. It gets near to the draft. We all start to not panic or worry, but, you know, start to, as we look into the rookies more, we get to see a bit more of their negatives, perhaps. So the, the class suddenly becomes not as good as we initially thought because the hype trains died down as well. Therefore, oh, next year must be good, regardless of who's coming in. I mean, I just, to me, it just feels like we get really excited about 
say the 2022 class, that's, that's a bad example, but this is just an example. We get really excited about a class and then a few people, and this is where I think I'm quite lucky, whereas because I'm not on Twitter, I don't get involved, involved in that hype machine buildup where somebody with influence says something and you, you know how it goes. And then this part of the class dives off. So, oh, trade. If you don't like the first six, anything past the six people, trade your picks away, trade your picks away. And then it's, I just feel like it's this roller coaster that we're constantly on with fantasy. Yeah, I think I think it's twofold, really. I think it's one, people don't delve into the depths of a class. And it's like next year, people are talking about next year's class going to be incredible. And it's like, yeah. There's probably five great prospects. Outside of that, there's massive question marks over everyone. But people are talking about 2024 firsts as being, you know, super valuable. And it's like, okay, yeah, probably the top end of the 2024 class is going to be great. But we have no idea about that back end of the first round or the early second round. So and I, I also think you hit the nail on the head there by saying, you know, once people start delving in, everybody's a superstar until you start diving in. And I think that the more people get analysed, the more people look at the numbers, the more people watch things on film, they pick up flaws, they pick up little things. And that's where people start to go, oh, this guy we thought was going to be a superstar now isn't kind of thing. But, you know, that's where I think as well, we we overanalyze. <laughs> you know, we, we we suddenly pick up on, and I, I'm guilty of it as much as, as maybe anyone is, where we, we, we hype someone up. Like, I mean, you go back a season and a bit ago where Bryce Young won the Heisman and there was nothing this guy couldn't do. Yes, he's 5'9", five, 5'10", five, same height as me, but you look at him on the field for Alabama and he's he's as good as anything we've seen come out wide, prospect-wise really for a college quarterback in a long, long time. And then obviously the size gets knocked and then because the size gets knocked, he gets knocked even more. And all of a sudden the guy might as well be 5'5 five, five and in a world of trouble and he's never going to make it in the NFL. And I think we, well, I, I know I, I, I've been guilty of it. I think we sort of over adjust and compensate the negatives more than we do the positives. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's let's sidebar this then, Rich. You said there's maybe five top end prospects next year. I know 2024 is a long, long way away. Um, this year, you think you've got nine. Murph said there's nine or ten guys he's happy with. Is, have you done any research or has anybody done any research that suggests there is a definitive cutoff point for fantasy prospects every year? So past 1.8, say, after that, the hit rate is significantly less. I've, I've done it by round. I've not done it by draft pick, which I think is a really interesting suggestion and maybe something I need to go look at. I think the problem is, is that ADP isn't isn't the most reliable, depending on what source, <laughs> when you start going back, because obviously Superflex has only really been a thing for kind of four or five years. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, by by round, you're talking kind of 40 to 50% in the first round. Second round drops to about 20%. Third round, you're talking about five to eight. And then fourth round, you're talking about three. And then beyond that is, you know, tiny. But yeah, it's it's. I think people look at these rookies as sure things, and actually, even a first round pick is probably only about fifty percent proposition. Yeah, and I I I am a firm believer that although a draft class is sometimes better than another, I think every draft is hugely important for fantasy football, especially in dynasty. I know we're not we're not here to to talk that much dynasty today, although you are the the dynasty guru, you know. People say, oh, this class is bad or that class is bad. But there is a rookie draft every year for every fantasy dynasty league. And whether you want to trade your pieces away or not, that's that's up to you. But the draft is important every year for fantasy. And I think we can over negativity, have a negative impact, sorry, on our own dynasty drafts because of, you know, no, um, nullifying hype almost. It's just I, I, I find myself so conflicted with the whole NFL fantasy draft rookies. I just, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, unfortunately with the way that fantasy communities, particularly dynasty community operates, it, it becomes sort of a, you know, an echo chamber of once one person says something, another person agrees, another person agrees. And then suddenly this is how you have to be. This is, this is what everybody needs to believe. This is, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. 
and unfortunately everybody kind of buys into that and actually i think there's a huge amount of value to be had in kind of pivoting against consensus you know if you were here a year ago whilst everybody in the world was saying 2023 is going to be the best class ever you know 2023 first round picks are worth more than your firstborn child like they're they're everything if you'd have pivoted and gone actually do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna reap the reward of this hype sell my 2023 first you're probably sitting really pretty and i wonder if you know there's an argument to be had of maybe that's the opportunity to do it now with the 2024 class everybody's talking about you know whether it be Brock Bowers or, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. or the two stud quarterbacks, like, yeah, it's just going to be an elite class. Well, maybe see if you can get an absolute haul for that 2024 first, because maybe the class, you know, maybe Drake May disappoints this year. Maybe Caleb Williams, you know, doesn't look as good without Jordan Addison. And, you know, Brock Bowers suddenly looks human rather than superhuman <laughs> and like may- maybe the 2024 class isn't as good as everybody thinks it is now so i just think that there's a lot of value to be had a lot of thought that can be gained yep. by just literally pushing against the consensus and saying everybody thinks that is that right i hear you but <laughs> i so i think marvin harrison jr could be it as good as Jamar Chase, if not better. If not he's, better. I've, I appreciate that. I don't, I don't finalize film ranks until I've seen their final year. But he has currently got the greatest film rank I have ever given a wide receiver in college. Shh, Rich, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Jeez, and um, that's yeah. that's five. That's last six classes. So yeah, so he's he's the best on film. I appreciate we haven't got all the numbers in terms of statistical models and things but yeah in terms of pure film i think he's he's absolutely incredible yeah he's frighteningly good frighteningly good right rich let's talk some adp from this year's class i i thought to myself if a standard fantasy player was to go and look at adp where would they go so i I did the thing and i typed in fantasy football adp and obviously fantasy football calculator comes right to the top because they've smashed their google algorithms and and they're there and then you've got fantasy pros of the top five they're all pretty much either not up to date or (laughs) illegible reading wise and i thought this is no good for anybody how has nobody nailed this right now after the fantasy uh nfl draft has happened rookie drafts have started you know, mock drafts for redraft will have started because there are degenerates out there who just want to smash into as many leagues as possible. We saw it during COVID. How are all these things impossibly difficult to read? So then I messaged you and said, where do I get ADP from? And you said, um, you said four for four and the other one, which was needed signing up and stuff. So I thought, no, I'm not going to go for that. And four <laughs> for four, it was, it was available. It was right there and it was very, very easy to read. So that's where we went for. So today's ADP, I don't know how far back it goes or is there a time period that I can't see, Rich? But it's it's multi-site. So it's the, it's a consensus ADP across FFPC, Underdog, um, yeah, a, a range of different sites that they then take a kind of an average of and plug it out as like a, a multi-site ADP. So it's, it's consistently updated. The ones we pulled were updated on the 9th of May. So it's it's fairly up to date. Gotcha. You say we pulled. I uh, I pulled and sent across to you. <laughs> okay. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're going to talk about, the, the, we're probably only going to be talking about the top prospects from this year's class at the running back. Um, I, I'll get your thoughts maybe on Anthony Richardson if we've got time, but, you know, Jury's out, jury's fully in. Depends what side of the tennis court you want to play football on at the moment. Is um, let's talk with Bijan. Obviously, ADP right now, number eight, third running back off the board. Where have you got Bijan in your rankings? I, I appreciate it. You might not have done your redraft if you do any redraft rankings. Um, I know he's going to be your dynasty number one. There's no, no, no doubt in that. And if you haven't done any rankings for um, redraft, where do you think you would have him? So I'm I'm in the process of doing my my redraft ranks. I've got a, I've got a, a early draft. I've yet to finalise or, or sort of publish, but I, w- I will be doing redraft rankings again this year. Uh, so Bijan at the moment he's he's my RB two. 
Oof. Okay. And who have you got in behind? Who's your RB one this year? So it's, it's Christian McCaffrey, isn't it? It's, it's sad. I'm, I'm concerned. I can feel myself getting bitten again. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it, I think in that offense, you've you've got to have Christian McCaffrey one, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so with Bijan being your RB two, he's going. Uh, one four four. Austin Eckler is the RB two. He's going at, at the one hundred four. What's your concerns with Eckler over Bijan um, for to have Bijan ahead of Eckler? I think it's. I'm I'm slightly concerned about the age for Eckler. I think that there's 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 not been a huge amount of conversation around the target competition. Now, obviously, he's a absolute target monster, and we all know that. But that came with Keenan Allen basically missing the whole of last year, with Mike Williams missing time. At, at, at times last year, the Chargers were rolling out Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter, and, and that was pretty much it at wide receiver. So, of course, he was going to get a huge amount of targets. I think that, you know, Keenan Allen supposedly fit, Mike Williams fit. They've added Quinton Johnson as a first-round pick. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw the target volume decrease. We're also talking about this is a guy that's had back-to-back 18 touchdown seasons. Touchdowns touchdowns aren't predictable. Like, yes, he's had two in a row. But well, that's got to be something, right? Like, like I just, everything you ever look at, everything you ever believe is that touchdowns are random. You know, you can be 18-18 and then it falls off a cliff. And at the moment... We were the reason Osnevkar has been such a fancy star over the last two years is that target volume and that touchdown volume. And it's like, I don't think I can bank on either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Bijan. I think that he's in one of the probably top three schemes run games in the, in the NFL. I think they've got an incredible run block and offensive line. I think they've got an absolute like wild man as a head coach play caller that's that's doing some ridiculous things. He's, it's the only offense that's different, that's exciting. That I have no idea who's going to line up where. You know, it is properly positional football, positionless yeah. football. And I think that Bijan Robinson's going to be an absolute weapon. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's lining up out wide five, ten snaps a game and getting targets out there. And I'm I'm just so excited for Bijan. And I think that. He couldn't have landed in in a better spot. It sounds okay. Well, flip that then. How close to number one and CMC is Bijan for you? Close. Um, I I think Bijan is closer to number one than he is to number three. Okay, I was. I was really trying to push you there, Rich, to say that you just (laughs) caution to the wind and you're going to take him one overall, but you're too consummate the professional for that. Okay. Um, Risks with Jonathan Taylor, Barkley uh, and such, you know, Derek Henry, he's down at ADP 15 now. Obviously, they did draft a running back. (laughs) It showed signs of wear last year. With Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley, how far behind... I don't actually know where they are in your rankings. Are they? I'm assuming they're in four and five, or do you do you have something crazy? Yeah, so Saquon Barkley's four, um, Jonathan Taylor's five. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Taylor purely because look, that offense could be incredible in terms of the rush rushing production, but we've seen it time and time again. Every time there's a rushing quarterback, it increases the efficiency, but it reduces the volume, and I don't think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be a player that's going to see huge target volumes because Anthony Richardson's not going to be the type of quarterback that's going to check it down, you know, three, four times a game. We're going to see, you know, there's there's only so many rushing attempts. And if Anthony Richardson's going to get, what, what do you reckon, eight, ten a game? I, th- I think he's a lock for, I say lock, I think the majority of his games will be between 10 and 12. Yeah, if- which, which is going to eat into Jonathan Taylor's rushing production. And, and the offensive line is deteriorating. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Jonathan Taylor. I would love to rank him lower, but I, I can't quite, you know, there's, <laughs> there's nobody below him that I've, I would feel confident having above him, put it that way. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely fair. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the next running back that got drafted. The guy, the Lions, said they were quite happy to take uh, well, <laughs> six, was it? But decided they'd trade back and get him at, at 12. Madness. 
and and that's Jimmy Gibbs. Obviously, he's he's quite a polarizing character from what I've heard in in fantasy uh, scenarios from from other podcasts and stuff. He's currently got the ADP here on 4-4 four four, uh, as 40, and he's the 16th running back off the board. Where do you have him, Rich? And then we'll talk about his ADP on here and who you'd have rather. Yes, I've, I've got him at running back 18 um, currently. I think I'm I'm not convinced. People are currently penciling in and saying, you know, he's going to be basically have the Jamal Williams and the Jondre Swift role. And, and David Montgomery is going to have less than Jamal Williams. I think that he's probably going to be a lot closer to DeAndre Swift workload than uh, than people are perhaps willing to admit. I I love the prospect. I think there is definitely some knocks and some concerns in terms of him as as a prospect. Um, and I'm a, I'd, I'm probably not going to have much of him in redraft because I don't think that he's just going to get this huge three down workload get used as much in the passing game as everybody seems to be convinced that he is. I think, you know, there's got to be some credence in being the highest targeted or the, 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 having the highest receptions in Alabama last year. I think he had 44 receptions last year in Alabama. So, you know, the, there has to be something to that for me. And I think, like you said with Bijan, I think we could see Gibbs line up in the slot a hell of a lot, especially the first six weeks without Jameson Williams. Um, and I think, given a fast start. I think he will see more workload. I think, like you, I don't think I'll own a lot of him in redraft purely because of the absolute spice factor that he is right now. People have got him so high, I don't want to pay that price for him. Uh, I'd probably, if I was going to be ranking him, I think I'd probably have him higher than you because I, I like the prospects of Jimmy Gibbs, but I, I don't think I'd have him high enough uh, to be able to take him where I think he's going to go, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think my my concern perhaps is that I agree with you. I think he's going to get used as a receiver, but let's let's kind of take a walk through the Lions' receiving core as it as it is. So Jameson Williams, we know, is it's obviously missing at the start of the year. They've got one of the best slot receivers in terms of Amon Rasim Brown. They've just drafted Sam Laporta as an early second round pick. They've basically got corpses at, <laughs> on the outside. You know, they've got Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds. Yeah, that's 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 it. So are we going to see Amaros and Brown pushed outside so Jamal Gibbs can play in the slot? Are well, we, we, might see, Jam- we might see Jamal Gibbs pushed outside, you know. Yeah, but that, that's that's where it concerns me because I think that <laughs> I think that Jamal Gibbs is a fantastic route runner. He's a fantastic receiver. You know, he had a 30% targets per route run rate as a freshman. That's like mind-blowing. That's that's elite receiver numbers. And he had that as a freshman running back. Um, but he's a good route runner for a running back. He does not have the release package for me to go and play outside. So I think that he needs to be play out the slot or have kind of schemed releases. He can't line up against press man and, and kind of beat a corner or, or beat a linebacker in press coverage. And I'm really concerned that where, where's he going to line up? If you're telling me that Amarasset Brown's suddenly going to start playing outside, you know, 50, 60% of the time, fine. If they're going to go, you know, okay, I appreciate you can have two slots on the field, but then where's Sam Laporte run, lining up? I'm just, I just think that potentially you've got the three best receiving weapons on the Lions all wanting to line up in the same area of the field. And if I'm a Lions play caller, I'm not, dinging Amaros and Brown's targets to try and force feed the ball to Jamal Gibbs. It's absolutely fair. Um, so with his ADP at 40, we've got who ahead of him? Ramondi Stevenson at 33, Najee Harris sorry, at 30, Brees Hall at 31, and then just before, below Gibbs, sorry, at 42 is Aaron Jones. Of those running backs, Richard, I'm assuming you have them all higher. Yeah, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson hate is just ridiculous. I don't get it. The guy was phenomenal last year. Damian Harris is now gone. They've added nobody. His competition is Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. I've been screaming it from the rooftops all off-season and no one's wanted to listen because everyone's convinced they were going to draft Bijan. <laughs> and then they, they've added no one, and yet Ramondre Stevenson is still an absolute bargain in, in all formats. It's It's ridiculous. 
uh, the one person that you name there that I've got nowhere near this is Brees Hall. I, <laughs> there is no way that I'm drafting Brees Hall in the you know third fourth round when what we've seen with guys coming off ACLs and and yes you know I appreciate we're playing for the playoffs in in redraft but I'm not convinced that he's going to be healthy to start the year I'm convinced not convinced that he's going to not start the the season on the pup list you know the Jets spent decent draft capital on I'm going to call him Izzy because I can't pronounce his surname (laughs) and I think a big part of that is that they don't think Brees Hall is, is going to be full go to start the year and they need someone to carry the ball. So, yeah, this, I think Brees Hall, and unless we get some incredible reports, I'd be gobsmacked if he is the, the Jets starting running back getting, you know, 15-plus carries in week one. Okay. That's – when the Jets drafted him, I, I messaged you and I was like, what have they done? This guy was unbelievable at Pitt last year, had a pro day of pro days, you know, propelled himself into basically every first place metric at the, at the combined pro day metrics. And then they went and drafted by the Jets. I thought, ah, oh, that's just, but if Bruce Hall isn't fit, starts on the pup, got yourself a running back. What well, does Seattle, Zach Charbonnet, everybody's draft darling ends up going second round to the Seattle Seahawks. This is all regurgitated news. We all know that he went second round. What has that done for you for Kenneth Walker's draft stock? Where have you got Zach Charbonnet? Is this now just a hot mess or is for you, they're a bit more clear cut? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of plummeted, (laughs) plummeted people down the list, isn't it? So, uh, Kenneth Walker is now my RB15. Um, he was probably pre-draft. I, I mean, I didn't do rankings, but I'd have imagined he'd have probably been top six for me before the Charbonnet pick. And then Charbonnet's in the in the early 40s for me um, as we speak. Okay. So Ken Walker's currently going at 28 as the RB11. And then you've got to go... A long way down this list before we... I might even miss him. I'm going that far down the list. Rich, do you know where he is off the top of your head on this ADP I, list? I don't. I don't know, no. But I think the interesting thing with Charbonnet is I think that, for me, it's he's more... his Him being drafted is more of a ding on Walker than it is a benefit to Charbonnet. Yeah. I think that, sadly, you know, if we're talking about... I know Pete Carroll said that Charbonnet is going to be the receiving back and things like that. And I think that... Walker had some some great elements as a rookie, but Charbonnet's just uh you know, he, his vision is is the best in the class. And I think that he's the kind of guy that he just gets what's blocked for him. And I yep. think that he's gonna be a really boring, really safe, really reliable option. And in a lot of offenses that wouldn't work, but kind of with Pete Carroll you know, it's almost like a Belichick style, do your job, isn't it? And I think Charbonnet's just going to do that. He's just going to do exactly what he needs to do. We, you know, down in, down out. And I don't know if he's ever going to be great for fantasy, but I think he's going to be good enough in the NFL sense that he's going to eat into to Kenneth Walker's carries and touches and, and fantasy. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Production. Yeah, so he's currently got the ADP of 99 on 4 for 4. He's going as the running back 34. So that is a, a, a long way down the list. Uh, of of the draft class we've we've left off, Rich, where 
do you have anyone else that you think could surprise this year or anyone you're going to be investing in because of the upside? I think for there's there's probably two guys two guys that I'm in, intrigued by, shall we say, for redraft this year, and it's Devon Chain. I'm probably going to be again lower than consensus because I think I don't think he's going to get the first crack at the the lead role, if you like. I think it's going to be Mostert and Jeff Wilson, and then a chain might work in as the season goes on. But but I'm intrigued certainly um, because the upside is you know mind blowing in that offense and, and what he could be as a prospect. But the guy I'm really intrigued by is is Condre Miller. Um, so got. Decent draft capital, went to the Saints. We know, you know, everything's hanging over Alvin Kamara and whether he's going to get suspension, what's going to happen with that offence in terms of everything that's going on there. Yes, they went out and spent some money on Jamal Williams after a, a mind-blowing year last year with the Lions. But I like Condre Miller as a prospect. I think it's a good offence. I think that's a mess of a backfield. And that's, you know, that's the kind of backfield that I want to go and get the cheapest guy and... You know, if if Alvin Kamara does get suspended, if Jamal Williams, you know, comes back to earth after last season, he could be a really sneaky kind of RB two flex play. That's that's an injury away from being a, a league winner. I'm. <laughs> I just the Saints running back for me has always been a, like it's obviously been Alvin Kamara. But even the Alvin Kamara, it's always been not a, a dirty subject, but just having a Saints running back has never done me well. Just it feels like a tainted position. So the fact that we don't know what's happening with Kamara and stuff, I'm just a little bit. I've got a bit of an ick for for Andre. But that's, but that's why it's interesting because he's so cheap. You know, if we knew what was going on, if we knew Alvin Kamara was out for eight games, if we knew that Jamal Williams was going to be human after, I don't even know how many touchdowns he scored. Was it 17 touchdowns last year? Broke, broke Barry Sanders' record? Like, you know, if we knew that, then Condre Miller would be a, you know, a mid to late round pick. Whereas now he's probably going free in most redraft leagues, isn't he? Yeah. Well, how, what's your thoughts on Roshan Johnson? I think he's amazing at the stuff that doesn't score fancy points. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantasy tombstone. If you need anything yeah. written up, just bosh. There it is. I think he's like he's he's an elite pass protector, which we never ever ever see from prospects coming out. You know, normally they're all everybody in college is terrible in pass protection, and it takes them two three years before they're reliable and trusted in the NFL. He's great from day one. He. I think he's 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 a really good special teams player. I think he's you know going to be a useful asset in between the twenties as a as a running back. I think he'll get some work in the receiving game, but I think his ceiling is one B in that offense. And I, I, I you know I still believe it's Cleo Herbert's offense. I'm still so excited after you know what he's done in in limited opportunities over the last two years, and I think that. Sadly, Roshan Johnson's going to be one of those guys that if you do draft him, he's going to sit on the end of your bench, and you're never going to feel quite good enough to drop him because it's like, well, he's getting, you know, he's getting two targets, he's getting five carries a game, he's, you know, he's scoring, he's scoring six points a week. I can't ever start him, but he's too good to drop, and it just becomes like a, you know, what we call in dynasty a roster clogger but for, <laughs> your, for your redrafting. No, that's fair. I um. <sighs> Uh, let's move on to wide receiver then. Now, for when we moved into the draft, obviously Jackson Smith and Jupiter was, the, the, like you mentioned at the top of the show, this guy who's <laughs> elite was better than Alave and Wilson when they all played together, drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. They have never had three receivers ever, 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 ever in the history of what I can remember before Doug Baldwin, and he must be like 39 years old now. We'll go back to what, Steve, Steve Largent days, isn't it? I mean... For for redraft, his draft capital absolutely tanked, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know he he was being talked as a kind of fringe top ten, top fifteen pick, dropped to the twenties, which isn't isn't great for him. But also, you know, from redraft perspective, that landing spot, it's you know he's he's what 
going to see 15% target share at best. You know, DK Metcalf, you can pencil in for 25%. Tyler Lockett's, you know, going to get the high value touches. We know he gets the deep shots. We know he gets the red zone looks. He's probably going to be around that sort of 15 to 18%. And it's like, okay, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he, he's not going to get an elite target share because of the type of player he is playing out of the slot. He's not going to get the high value touches in terms of deep shots, red zone looks, screens. So we're like, this is a guy that's going to be a mid volume receiver that's not getting high value looks. It's it's not great from a redraft perspective and until you know there's a receiver that disappears out that room. He's currently going as the 80th pick, the wide receiver 33. So he is essentially the top wide receiver three on the board and that feels that feels like a stretch when two of the wide receivers on his team ahead of him on the depth chart are wide receiver two and wide receiver probably two wide receiver twos if i had to try and find them in the list above it it just doesn't feel like there's the volume the volume there for two wide receiver twos and a wide receiver three fancy i mean rich Next up, who who have you got as your favourite prospect for for this year in redraft? I appreciate that that is a difficult question, um, but if you could try and answer it, that would be fantastic. Oh, I it's it's a very easy question for me. I'll be honest. He's he's been my my wide receiver one from a, a dynasty rookie perspective since February. Um, he's definitely going to be my wide receiver one from a rookie perspective in in redraft. It's Jordan Addison. Um, I think he's. He was the best prospect for me coming into the draft. He gets elite draft capital, kind of the draft capital that we expected, but gets arguably the best landing spot where he's going to get to go and line up opposite Justin Jefferson. He's going to see really you know, positive looks. We're not going to see very many double teams. He's probably not going to get pressed very much. He's going to get an elite target share. I wouldn't be shocked if he was 20% plus as a rookie. What's not to love about Jordan Addison? I think that he could be, you know, one of these rookies that has that incredible second half stretch and, and wins people leagues. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about Jordan Addison as a prospect in Dynasty, but even more so in, in redraft. I think it was a great landing spot for him. I, I think you're spot on. And I think we, we, we saw potentially defences, I don't want to say get on top of, um, oh God, Justin Name's Jefferson. Gone. Justin Jefferson. And, you know, with some of the bracket coverage we saw, am I still muted? No. Um, with some of the bracket coverage we saw, and, you know, I think it is the perfect landing spot for a receiver of his ilk. And I, uh, I, uh, Quinton Johnson, great receiver, does exactly what the Chargers wanted out of that receiver. But I think Jordan Addison's upside in a team that is quite clearly throwing the ball more from the Dalvin Cook days is just is spot on. Lamar Jackson got his deal done draft night. OBJ was there. Antonio Brown was there, even though it was just of his own accord. Who knows what happened there? Zay Flowers gets drafted in the first round. The Ravens draft another first round wide receiver. Where are you on Zay Flowers and the whole Lamar Jackson with the new OC? I'm excited. I think that, look, that we we can talk about Lamar Jackson and and you know doesn't throw the ball enough. Blah blah blah. The guy is a good NFL quarterback, an elite MVP. NFL quarterback. You 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 don't win MVP if you're not a good quarterback. Exactly and. Yeah, he's he's been in one of the most run-heavy offenses, you know, ever over the last few years. But but Greg Roman's gone. You know, Todd Munkin is a inventive offensive mind. He's been a great play caller in the league in college, and I think that we're going to see a completely new Ravens offense. And I think that the really interesting thing for me with the Ravens receiving core is that you could look at them and say, okay, OBJ is your, your kind of true X outside receiver. Rashad Bateman's going to be your, your big slot. Zay Flowers is your, your traditional flanker. 
But I think actually all three of them can play all three receiver positions. And I think all three of them are going to move all over the field. And I think that that means that Zay Flowers is going to get put in some really advantageous spots. I think that Zay Flowers is going to be used in, I hate the phrase because I think it has the wrong connotations, but gadget ways. I think he's going to be used on jet sweeps. I think he's going to be used in the receiving game. I think there's, in terms of the screen game, sorry. I think Zay Flowers is going to be the kind of movable piece on this offense. And I think that's going to have fantasy relevancy as a rookie. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited by what Zay Flowers could be um, as a potential kind of later round dart throw in, in redraft. Forgive my naivety, Rich. Has Greg Roman got a job? Yes. Um, <laughs> Good for him. Any idea where it is? <laughs> uh, there was talk of him going to college, but I think he's... Well, oh, if Greg no. Roman has gone to a college team, watch out for next year's draft-eligible running backs because they will see a huge uptick <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah, I can't fantasy. think. There was talk of him going, I want to say Stanford, but I don't know if he actually... Well, we all know Stanford running backs are pretty good. Well, I've just Googled it. Apparently, he's not got a job. So, no. Um, yeah. If Greg Roman's still looking for a job, if, if you're looking for an offensive coordinator, anyone out there. That's it. If you are listening, Greg Roman needs a job. Uh, wide receivers, we covered the, I want to say big four, but for, for redraft this year, they're sort of the medium nothingness. Rich, is there anybody that you think, again, could surprise for a real late round bench boosting? I think... So we touched on Quinton Johnson very briefly. I think I, I'm lower than consensus. I just don't see that. I don't like him particularly as a prospect. I think, you know, any guy that's got more drops than touchdown catches in his final year in college is, you know, that's not a stat I particularly like. But I don't know if the target volume is going to be there when we're talking about Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. I think that Jonathan Mingo's interesting. I think a lot's going to depend on how he does in camp because if he can carve out, you know, if he can basically beat out Terrace Marshall or DJ Chark, in training camp then i'm a lot more interested than if he's going to be kind of sitting behind either of those guys the guy that i'm very very intrigued by though and i'm i'm higher than him in dynasty circles and and it's become a bit of a joke because he's i can't <laughs> i can't get why he's being valued as he is and it's sort of i keep looking around as if say what what am i missing because i'm so different to everybody else and I'd, I'd take him at the back end of the first round in, you know, Superflex rookie drafts. And I've seen some draft where he falls to the third round. I'm like, okay, why why am I so much higher than him? It's, it's Jaden Reed, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Elite draft capital, you know, early second round pick. Elite landing spot. People want to talk about the Packers having, you know, not really needing a receiver. Christian Watson's not not okay an okay rookie year he flashed for like a three game stretch but let's not pretend like he was a superstar romeo dubs again showed a little bit but it was more hype from from aaron Rodgers than actually what he did on the field they're mm-hmm. screaming out for a movable piece that that could be a target hog and and that's exactly what Jaden reed is you know he's a guy that is a good route runner is gonna be electric with the ball in his hands and i wouldn't be shocked if he led the packers as tar- in targets as a rookie and I think that he's being completely forgotten about in all circles. And, you know, he, he performed amazingly in my rookie model. And I think that, yeah, if, if you're, if you've got a late round, you know, your final pick in redraft, Jaden Reed's a guy that I'd be quite happy throwing a, you know, a pick out, keeping on my bench for a couple of weeks. If, you know, if he doesn't get the, the snap, snap volume, if he doesn't get the targets after a few weeks, then yeah, fine, drop him. But it's cost you nothing. But I really, truly believe that I think he could be a, a league winner as, as early as his rookie year. He was fantastic last year for the Spartans. Um, really, really good player. I, I don't buy the Romeo Dubs hype. I just think, like you said, it was the Aaron Rodgers hype of Romeo Dubes that that got us to where we. And you don't, like you said, elite draft capital. You don't invest the draft capital at that point with a team that. I mean, are they just padding Jordan Love and saying that have as many guys as possible to see if you can to succeed? I I I don't know. It was two fingers up to Aaron Rodgers. He walked out the door, wasn't it? Let's go and spend some draft capital on a receiver just as you're walking away. 
I, I can't believe it, Rich. We've gone 48 minutes. You're a Jets fan. I've asked you about the Jets draft. I've neglected to ask you about Aaron Rodgers. Whilst it is almost <laughs> last year's news right now, how do you feel about the Aaron Rodgers trade for you? And, and yeah, Look, if, if you ask me this in three years' time, I'm probably going to be crying and you know feeling horrific about it. I'm not exactly ecstatic about the long-term future of the franchise, but look, I've been a Jets fan now for, oh God, this is depressing, 25 years. And <laughs> the the best quarterback play I've ever seen is Chad Pennington before his shoulder fell off and three quarters of a Brett Favre season where he fell apart, the team fell apart, and we didn't even make the playoffs. So, yeah, look. If if you can give me Aaron Rodgers that was a you know two time MVP you know a year ago supposedly was unhappy last year played with a bad thumb but I don't care that he's you know choked in the playoffs and never really made it to Super Bowl since his early um, Super Bowl trip where he won the ring I don't care that he's got you know one trip to the Super Bowl across an incredible career where he's had some was it four or five 13 plus win teams i don't care about that i'm a jets fan that we've not been to the playoffs since i think 2010 that's a blooming long time if we make the playoffs and get a, a game i'm i'm happy so yeah i'm i'm fine with it i don't see a, a better answer out there you know zach wilson's proved that he's a complete moron that can't you know <laughs> just it's stupid isn't it we talk about nfl quarterbacks and we analyze them to death and it's like you know these rookies are great and they can do this and they can process. And it's like, yeah, but can you just not be a moron that's going to offend your entire team? If Zach Wilson came out after that game where he, he cost us the game. And if he just admitted and said, yeah, I was the reason we lost, he's probably still the jet starting quarterback. <laughs> but because he comes out and is like, no, I wasn't the reason we lost. And it's like, that's, that's why he lost the locker room. And that's why he's not the starting quarterback for the jets anymore. So yeah, sorry, I digress to have a rant about Zach Wilson. Which no, I, no, mate. Yeah, you know me. I, Zach, I loved Zach Wilson when he when he started lighting it up for BYU. I was messaging everybody saying like Zach Wilson is is great, and then obviously moron. But before we 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 move on to some potential talk of of rookie models and stuff like that, Rich, I just want to shout out Pitsy in the chat. He says, "Glad to see you boys chatting." Been, uh, it's been far too long. Welcome back, Rich. And then Ryan Woolacoot, want to shout you out, my friend. First time listening live. Obviously a Jets fan because there's three aeroplane emojis, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> or he's going on holiday, one of the two. So either way, thumbs up for the situation right now. Rich, your model, do you have time to briefly explain how it works? Uh, briefly, yeah. I mean, I could I could talk for hours about it, if I'm being honest, but that will probably bore your listeners and uh, everybody will quite quickly switch off. Um yeah, so I've, I've got three models. I've got a, a running back model, wide receiver model, a tight end model. I feel very confidently about my running back and wide receiver models, less so about my tight end model, should we say? Um, it's it's historically fairly accurate uh, across all three, but yeah, I don't particularly love the results of, of the tight end one, should we say? Um, running back model, so looking at a few key areas, so running back breakout age, best receiving market share, yards per team rush attempt, weight adjusted speed score, weight, and then best market share touchdown percentage. It pumps out a, a number, which I then rank percentile-wise, which gives me a percentile rank going all the way back to 2003. And and I do the same for wide receiver, do the same for tight end. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. I am. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I understood you past <laughs> like maybe the third sentence. I just, it, it, what people do with spreadsheets baffles me, and then what people do with fantasy stuff and spread, spreadsheets baffles me even more. It's just, I just hats off to you guys who have the ability to be able to create a spreadsheet that can help you make stuff for fantasy football. It's just, it, it is astounding. And I don't know whether that is my age now. I sound like my father, but it is, <laughs> it is truly. It was, with your, it, go on. As you say, it was the, one, of, one of the good benefits of, uh, of COVID was I had plenty of time to be sat in a room pretending to work with nothing to do and like, oh, maybe I can play around with some numbers and come up with a model. So yeah, I certainly wouldn't have the time to, to create it now, should we say. 
yeah, Rob, who uh, does the Fast Action Friday podcast, he's got he's got some spreadsheets which I've seen that are full of colours, which initially helps me even less because I'm colourblind. <laughs> so, but just the amount of numbers and code and what he says he can get out of them is is boggling, boggling. But he has uh, he's got a. Um, a rookie ranking, not rookie. He's got a ranking spreadsheet that he's kindly sent me, and he's he got it off of someone who used to work on Fancy Pros, who now works on his own. His name is completely Cole, Cole Yates. That's the fella. He um, and then he took Kyle Yates's free template and then just robbed it, not as installed it, but put Rob's mark on it. I want to get that clear. Rob, sorry. Um, <laughs> he And it, it's, he's put team logos because it's not, he's not charging for it or anything. It's just his, it's fantastic. It's all color coded. It's got borders. There's pictures. It's brilliant. And he's added a whole load of other stuff to it as well, which is fantastic. So yeah, a lot, a lot of the stuff Rob does is, is mind blowing and, and yeah. beyond anything I could ever dream of. And yeah, that, you know, the, the, as you said, the, the rankings, the projection spreadsheet that he created, I've used it myself. It is, it is amazing. And if if you're looking to, to do your own rankings, I'd absolutely recommend that as a place to start because it is truly fantastic. Yeah. It, it, I don't want to make it sound too good, but it almost does it for you. You know, you just put your thoughts in and it just spits out a ranking and, and there you go. Rich, this has been, um, <clears throat> this has been absolutely fantastic having you back on. I'm not going to lie. I, it's it's always good to get your thoughts. I know I probably drive you absolutely insane on a weekly basis with my dynasty drivel that I send at you, and you get nothing in return back from it. But it's um, it, you're having your thought process on it for me is is hugely valuable because you can put stuff outside of the box. You know, your the way you think about stuff is very objectionable, in my opinion, and I think you you especially when it's not your league, you can look at it from an outside point of view and you, you help me to, to level playing field, my thoughts on the process. So I appreciate that massively, massively. I can't, I can't tell you how much that you, you do help me with that. Last year, uh, the, obviously you, you hosted the UK FFC in London. I was lucky enough to come as a vendor. Murph and I had us as a table and it, it was fantastic. Do you want to quickly tell everybody about this year's one? Are, are tickets available? Um, what the deal is? If there's no tickets left, are there going to be some for winning? Is that possible if if people are able to do so that way? Yeah, so um, there are still tickets available. Um, to be honest, we've, we've gone for a much bigger venue this year. So we're at Belushi's, which is in, in London Bridge. So we've got a lot more capacity so there will still be tickets available hopefully um for anybody that wants to come i know last year there was a few people that we basically sold out so, so couldn't fit everyone in um but yeah it's on the 8th of july uh, so it's 12 till 7 so it is a a full day we've got four panels so across a, a range of topics that should hopefully be getting announced in in the coming weeks we've got some q a's with some absolutely brilliant people Murph is is generous enough to to donate his time again and, and host a Q&A. We've got Bob Lung, who's uh, obviously Mr. Consistency, flying over from the US, creator of the Fantasy Football Expo. He's coming over and is hosting the Q&A. And then we've also got Will Gavin um, of TalkSport, who's, who's going to do a Q&A as well. We've also created something slightly new this year. So we, we've got a learner's corner, as we're calling it. And it's basically going to be for kind of intimate sit downs with some experts in in some more niche areas of fantasy so hannah's going to do kind of a, a getting into fantasy um learner's corner for us we've got mark from from the dfs guys who's, who's going to do a, a learner's corner on dfs uh we've got george who's going to do a, a devi and I'm completely blanking on what the fourth Atlanta's corner is. So, uh, oh, um, Matt Cullen of the JTT Cup is going to do a commissioners, commissioners corner as well. Um, so, yeah, and then, then we've got live drafts going on throughout the day. We've got a raffle. We're raising money for the NPS Society, which is obviously a charity very close to my heart. Uh -huh. And then we've got the big thing on the Friday. So Scott Fishbowl has been generous enough to give us two live drafts we're going to be opening the scott fishbowl in london 
with the first two drafts. So yeah, super excited. It should be an amazing weekend. And, and if you've not got your tickets, head on Twitter. Uh, it's underscore UKFFC and, and all the details there. That was, there's some awesome stuff in that. I'm a big fan of everything new. Last year was fantastic. I think the expansion will be brilliant. I think the, the learning corners will help people to either get into fancy bigger or navigate their way around the the event because you know it, it will help people move and flow um, i'm not entirely sure how they'll work yet but i'm excited to see how that will go are you do you have stalls again are there vendors yeah so we've, we've got some stalls um i think we've got five spots i don't know if we've sold them all so if people are interested in having stalls again absolutely come along um the one thing i would say is I've had a few people reach out to me and say, I'd love to come, but I've be coming alone and I'm kind of a bit nervous and, and sort of don't want to come on my own. It is genuinely the friendliest event group of people I have ever been to met. It was amazing. If, if you are reticent to buy a ticket because you don't want to turn up and be kind of on your own, don't you will see me and dan and hannah we will be there to meet people as they walk in you'll see your you know yourself murph everybody is so friendly and, and welcoming and you know if, if you are feeling you know like you don't know who people are and, and want introductions come and tap me on the shoulder i will absolutely introduce people chances are you probably know like 10 15 people because you're in leagues yep. with them you just don't know them in, in in the flesh but it's it's an amazing event it was mind-blowingly fun last year and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it again this year yeah shout out to the five yard crew who are doing some stuff for you in, in the corners there rich uh some previous five yards some current five yard there's um, it's 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 amazing we've got five yard littered throughout it is <laughs> it is you know we've got current we've got alumni we've got you know said murph's doing a q a we've we've got there's there's plenty of five yard people if you're a, if you're a five yard fan i'd guarantee the uk ffc will be for you uh i'd want to just scoot back to your previous point rich about people not wanting wanting to book a uh, ticket but feeling skeptical about it because they're not a humble brag but i genuinely had people coming up to me knowing who i was because of this podcast and i had no idea who they were i felt horrendous because they knew who I was but I either only knew them through their sleeper name and then they introduced me to their real name or I didn't know them at all but they were just a listener and because of obviously video and audio they feel like they know me <laughs> and I so I, I was in the situation where people knew me and I didn't know them so if yeah. you are feeling nervous about going because you don't know anybody you can at least take some solace in the fact that well they don't know you either whereas they all knew me and I didn't know them so <laughs> And, and I had an absolute blast. So if I can do it, you can definitely do it. So I would definitely, definitely recommend going because it is, it's fantastic. It's not only a fantasy football event. It's basically a gathering of people like my, like the hive mind of fantasy football. But it fantasy football, one of the things that made me leave the podcasting side was how intensely... Um, how do I put this? You know, it, it can get really intense, the fantasy football community, because everybody needs to feel, you know, heard or or have an opinion or stuff like that. Whereas actually, it's just a load of people who like playing fantasy football on an app. Like the, the community itself isn't like what you see on Twitter. That isn't the UK fantasy scene. It's not like that at all. And the UK FFC was just, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, definitely, definitely get yourself down to that. Right, Rich, it's time for the sign-off. We were under an hour. I rambled. We've gone over an hour. Where can people find you at the moment, obviously, with the with the sanctuary and stuff like that? Just plug everything you want, man. Go for it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Island. You can find there's my Patreon on there. My rookie guide is available on there. Or tweet out all my articles and everything like that. The sanctuary, we're, we're the FF Sanctuary on Twitter. Same on YouTube. Um, yeah, we're, we're pumping out two, three videos a week. Uh, it's, it's into best ball season, so this is where Tom's rubbing his hands together and, and going to be blowing up lots of lots of live drafts. And, and we've got some amazing guests lined up uh, for some live drafts, for some specific content and, and all sorts of fun stuff. So, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're enjoying the fantasy world, come find us over there. There you are, Rush Nation. One of our own is back, was back. 
He's doing his own thing over at the Sanctuary, absolutely killing it over there. Rich, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back, man. Thank you so much for jumping on. No, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I'm, I, I, five yard bullet forever be a massive part of of me and and in my heart i you know i'm very thankful for the platform you and mirth gave me what we two two and a half years ago now and yeah. i still listen and still love you guys so yeah no, thank you very much it's been an absolute joy and a, an absolute pleasure to come back on well as always my friend you are welcome at any time right rush nation that's going to do it for today's show start the show i mentioned the patreon if you do want to support the show head over to Patreon, search 5 Yard Rush, you'll find us over there. We have several tiers. If you are interested in reading any of the articles done by the readers, 5yardrush.co.uk. Check out the website. Stuff is dropping quite frequently at the moment, I believe. Uh, that's bad. I should know that, but it definitely is. Uh, on Twitter, is that 5 Yard Rush? That's right, isn't it, Rich? Yeah, it's that 5 Yard Rush. Um, Dan and Hannah do the Dynasty show. Drops earlier in the week. This week's was really good. Mags was on that with Hannah. But Rush Nation, until next week when Murph is back after his week off. It's been a pleasure. Don't forget, as always, keep rushing. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.